Hi, how's it going? It's good to have you on uh, on the podcast today. Uh, I know we've been looking forward to to doing this for for over a week or two now. So uh, fantastic to have you on today. Um, for those of you guys that don't know who Josh is, he is the head of academy physiotherapy at Queens Park Rangers Football Club, uh, an exciting club with a lot of history, uh, dating back to. <sighs> God, God knows when. <laughs> um, but yeah, Josh, great to have you on. Yes, no problem, no problem. It's been a pleasure. Um, as you said, it's been about a week or a week or two since we've been planning it. Um, I'm looking forward to having a chat with you and uh, getting stuck in. Great stuff, great stuff. So yeah, what's? Uh, I know we're we're in a bit of an interesting transition right now uh, with a lot of things going on. Uh, at the lower levels, but it also gives an opportunity for people today to really understand what's happening from a uh, support professional's uh, point of view in terms of physiotherapy. We know how important it is, uh, both in prehabilitation and rehabilitation. Uh, I think you'd spend most of your time primarily looking at the at the rehab, <laughs> but uh, now we're looking forward. Uh, and in terms of your role, because I know you work very heavily with the with the academy side of things, yeah. and it's very very important for people to really understand how uh, how your players are actually being looked after. So what's up? What's actually happening right now? So in terms of in terms of the fit players, um, so they've all been put on a program by uh, the strength and conditioning coaches, sports scientists. Um, it's a carefully modelled program um, <clears throat> to get the needs that the players the players need. So it has some aerobic stuff, it has some high-speed running work, um, it has some axial decel work, and it has some um, technical some technical aspects um, to it, um, which the head of sports science and the, uh, the academy technical director, Chris Ramsey, they've collaborated on. Um, I think is it's important to get the physical physical development aspects out of these next few weeks or few months, but it's also as important to get the technical the technical aspects of it. So that's that's what the fit boys are doing. Um, in terms of the the rehab boys, um, at the moment, listen, as you can understand, as uh, at the moment, it's it's. We can't see them in terms of physically, um, but at the moment, what we're doing in terms of monitoring them is putting together some some programs for them to to complete um, week by week, um, and then having video consultations um, either through WhatsApp, WhatsApp video, or even through through Zoom. Um, we can listen. We're trying to do the best the best that we can do in not a, not a great situation. <clears throat> so, how are you finding that? transition then if we look at the injured players right now because it's uh it's an important critical time for them okay then you're not obviously going to be able to have that physical interaction with them now does that does that necessarily change their way of doing things or your way or both i think i think it for both um it's a challenge um as, as you know, in a pro- professional environment, they all get that one-to-one sort of treatment. Um, it teaches them to be more independent with stuff. So they can't, everything is going to be active. Nothing is going to be passive in terms of the treatment that they're getting at this moment in time. Um, it's different for me because this is uh, no secret about it, this is the first time I would have been doing um, 
in terms of face-to-face consultation with them. Obviously, you speak to players on the phone all the time, um, but then the phone conversation is more to gauge where they're at in terms of their injury, but then you know that you're going to be seeing them the next day or in two days' time sort of thing to do a physical assessment, Um, which is, I think that's probably the most difficult bit, not being able to do um, the physical hands-on stuff. Uh, Us physios, we we rely heavily on um, the hands-on stuff that we do in terms of our assessment skills, in terms of our our patient, feeling what's going on, um, having a look at the swelling, we rely heavily on that. Um, whereas now we're relying heavily on technology um, and we're relying heavily on what the, what the player is, is, is telling us. Um, and it's more, not to say, listen, not to say that when the players are in the training ground, it's not a two-way thing, but it's more of a two-way thing now that they're technically, technically independent in Yes, we do check in on them, but we're not there doing the one-to-one rehab with them. Um, there's obviously always the option of doing the rehab whilst on the video call sort of thing. So there's always, there's always that option. Yeah, but you, you're losing that manual interaction with them, aren't you? Because, it's, it's, because you have to see how the body moves in its correct patterns. Uh, yes. When you're seeing the video footage, the... The difference uh, in terms of transitioning from a lunge uh, into coming upright, you will get that delay in the the digital transition that will allow yeah. you to see it. Versus yeah, yeah, there, yeah. the speed is greatly increased because you're using the whole the human eye. Exactly, uh, and it's it's. I think that's what's what's interesting about what you do versus. Uh, uh, myself and a lot of uh, SNC coaches in the in the industry right now is that we are becoming heavily reliant on on physios to be able to deliver the right information to us in in a yeah. physical environment. But yeah. even more so, that's heightened now because we need to be working a lot closer with the physios to be able to assess the areas, and then you yeah. be able to come up with the prescriptional. Uh, elements to it in terms of rehabilitating an ACL uh, or Achilles joint Mm. uh, as just an example. Now, in terms of the other areas of focus, you mentioned one there which was massive. I'm a massive advocate of this. Without communication, there is no communication. So so how are you finding that right now with the players? I know they're obviously on the phone, but... (laughs) No, 100%. Listen... Uh, we're very, very lucky that we're in a day and age where there is a lot of ways to communicate. What your WhatsApp, your iMessage, um, your Zooms, your Microsoft Teams, um, loads, loads of different stuff. Um, I wouldn't say it's completely difficult because every time I've rung a player, they've picked up the phone because their phone is by them, sort of thing. Um, that's, I want to say the problem with millennials, but that's what you're going to get with the millennials. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> millennials? We're not far off it, are we? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so that's the big thing, but um, I think one of the things that you have to, you have to, have to, have to do is every question that you ask a player has to be open-ended. Um, listen, I'm dealing with a range of, a range of, different players sort of thing. So you've got your 21-year-olds and then also with the permission of the parents, obviously, you've got your players who are 
16, 15, um, who you have to interact with, obviously, in front of the parent on the phone, um, the language you're going to use is going to be slightly different. The younger ones might not be as forthcoming um, with information. So the, the, the language that you, you use has, has to be carefully skilled because then you just get your yeses and your noes. Whereas if you're asking an open sort of ended question, um, you can really delve into actually what, what's, what's going on sort of thing. Um, listen, when you ask players, oh, how's the injury going? They'll just say, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ask your, ask your um, specific questions. But then this is where the, you build, this is, again, this is an opportunity for me to, I guess, build on the subjective aspect um, of my assessment skills. Um, so it was di- listen, as it's different for me, it's different different for the players as well. But we just got to keep on, like you said, keep on communicating. Um, and it's also the communication with the coaches. Um, you see them, well, I see them on a day-to-day basis. We have our um, MDT meetings in the morning um, where we can say to them, this is what's happening, this player's training, this player's not. Um, this is how this player is getting on in their rehab. Um, but then again, for me, is again, communicating information uh, to the coaches um, by either way, whether it's via email or via WhatsApp or text message or, or via phone call. Um, but definitely this period of time, the communication is, is, is top. It's very, very top. You mentioned there something that was quite interesting because we've grown up through different processes and, and doing obviously different sports. Uh, I found that as I grew up, yeah, you, you, you were right. A lot, a lot of the younger ones, are, are, are they're slightly hesitant to be forthcoming about the information. But it's yeah. obviously the way that you portray it that actually invokes a, a response from them. Yeah. Now, if you were to ask me, yeah, how's your shoulder injury? Because uh, yeah. I, play, I play competitive rugby. Um, how's your shoulder injury now? Yeah, I would respond with, yeah, it's okay. But then I would give you a detailed analysis as to say, well, look, my my joint right now is experiencing issues on the anterior side or posterior side. So then you'd be able to say, well, look, okay, how are you finding it uh, when you're looking at rotational movements or yeah. uh, you're actually being able to flex it in, and also extending the arm and what other areas are there? Now that yeah. assessment is detailed. You'd be able to work from that. Yeah, yeah definitely. With your questioning for the, for the, for the younger um, players in the academy are you finding that they're leaning on their parents to then get them to then respond to them to then then respond to you are you are you using the parents as a bridge in that communication or are you I'll say the, I'll say the, it's, a, it's a mixture of both um, yeah. I think is it for, for us as physios is a is sort of a partnership with the uh, with the parents okay um, because obviously the language, the language that we use, we're going to have to adapt for the player and for the parent sort of thing. Um, and then the parent will be able to get out key things that the player might not, the player might know what they want to talk about, but then might not know the language to use in order to portray what they're actually, um, what they're actually feeling sort of thing. Uh, with, the, with the younger boys, I would always go through to the parent First, have a conversation with a parent. How's your son getting on? Um, how's his program going? And invoke a conversation with them. And then I'll speak to the player um, to discuss to discuss what's going on, sort of thing. Um, but I think the parent is key in portraying that information um, 
to myself because when the player's doing their programme, they can see what the player's doing, especially at this moment in time. Most of the parents are working from home, so they could see um, what, what, what their son is, is doing. Um, and then in that way, um, if I'm not seeing what their son is doing, then the parent can portray to me as like, ah, oh, so-and-so-and-so was doing calf raises today. Um, he, he couldn't get right to the top of his calf raise because he felt some pain in his calf. I saw him touching his calf when he was doing the calf raise. And then I can sort of delve into it a little bit more. All right, cool. Um, what was causing the pain? Was it fatigue? Was it towards the end of his set? Um, was it a sharp sort of pain? Then I can delve more into it sort of thing. I'd say it's huge. When you've got the, the buy-in, I like to call it the buy-in from the parents, it makes your life a lot easier. And having that, that communication um, open as possible, it, it makes things yeah. 10 times easier, not, not just in, in sport, but also in just general life. Um, yeah, in terms of the, the parent side of things, one bit of advice I'd give to them would be yeah. keep a watchful eye over them. Yeah. Um, and uh, do, you, do you have any encouraging things that you, that you say? Are there particular go-tos that you use to say to the parents to help, to help you? The thing is, one, one thing that I say, I stay, I stay very genuine with, with the parents. Um, I, listen, I try not to, well, I don't pull any walls over anyone's eyes. You just have to stay genuine with the parents with the parents um, because then they become more forthcoming with the information that they're given um, if if you are so to speak fake with the parents then they're not going to be as forthcoming um, with information um, to you uh, so I think that's the the main key factor and then have a have a general conversation with them um, ask them how their day is going um, yeah. ask them like are you working from home at the moment in time sort of thing? Um, just have a general conversation with them rather than every time you call them, it be about their son sort of thing. Be like, oh, hi, I don't know, a random name, Sally or... Mark. <laughs> <laughs> how's, how's you going? How's work going? How's your cat? <laughs> yeah. How's your cat? How's your dog? Exactly. How's your cat? How's your dog? What are you having for dinner? Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah those are just <laughs> have, you your, uh, have you gone for your one exercise for the day or are you on your second one sort of thing? Do you know what I mean? So just have a general conversation with them. And then they feel like you're talking to them like a human being rather than just trying to get information out of them. And then this... Um, then it's by after you've spoken to their son. So I think being genuine um, always help. But I think that's in, that's in general life sort of thing. My motto for me is just being genuine with everyone that comes from players, um, um, my staff, um, the coaches that I work with. Um, you just have to, have, to be, have to be genuine. But then at the same time, be professional. Yeah, it's by, by the size of the coin there, mate. And I think you've definitely... definitely kept that as clear as possible because a lot of people they they do unfortunately put the the smoke and mirrors mm. and, uh, it's unfortunate um but i know i know from my point of view that, that the communication uh, the communication eras between 16 and 21 yeah. uh, it, it changes significantly oh, yeah. uh, and, and you you're see you're seeing that you're seeing that obviously through the new the new academy players coming through uh, yeah. Which you'd obviously have to run a, an initial assessment with prior yes. to obviously training. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So, 
Talk to me about that then. So you've got a new, you found the next um, Rio Ferdinand, next yes. top star, top star defender, or let's pick another player that's come come through the ranks. Um, you, you name uh, as a as a at QPR or in in general. Yeah, let's pick let's pick someone let's pick someone that you've had to 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 work with going <laughs> through the ranks because I know it's I know it's really I know it's interesting because yeah. the one thing that that I want to portray to to people that are listening right now is that you're in a real life situation right now. You yeah. work for a professional team where yeah. you're you're building the youth into the first team. Yeah. And there's similar. There's there's wherever you wherever you go to wherever club, yeah. There's going to be people running the same similar process. So for you, when you first get a young rising star comes yeah. to the club, um, yeah. you've obviously got the scouts there who are giving you the background. Yeah. What do, what do you say when you first see it on paper? You're thinking, okay, what well, what what's going through your head? What is going through my head for the first? <laughs> That's going through. That's assessment. Yeah. <laughs> first thing that's going through what well, it varies from what age group to what age group um okay, so grass we're talking grassroots straight up to to the bottom right, cool. where you where you look so if, you, if you if you talk about the, the younger ones so let's say for example a player comes in at let's say under nines um there yeah. we go under nine level um so the first thing the first thing that we do is they fill out the medical questionnaires and we find out are they fit and healthy sort of thing um then they go obviously they go through the trial period the coach decides yes this player's for us um and we sign them sort of thing um obviously we've already got their medical history which we took at the start of the trial and then it's, it's a mixture of combining the, the the medical aspect and the sports science aspect together i think that's that's the, the the main key point in terms of the sports science and medicine coming together in terms of building uh, individual programs for the player in terms of helping develop their fund the fundamental movements um, and then again collaboration with the coaches in terms of building the, the technical the technical element as well um, and that col- that collaboration is comes struck from the under nine straight through to to the under twenty threes sort of thing. I think one thing that we have to realise as as support staff is that we are support staff and we're there to support the program um, that the coaches have have put in pre- put in place. Um, and then it brings me back to the the communication aspect of things with the coaches. Is all right, cool. The coaches have seen this, this, and this, and this in the player but he needs to improve on this, this, and this, and this. Um, how can we help improve this? Coach might come to us and be like, all right, cool. He's, he, I don't know, he's Cruyff, um, isn't the greatest. All right, cool. Then we might look at him and say, all right, cool. Why is, for example, why is his Cruyff not the greatest? All right, cool. His hip mobility is not the greatest. All right, let's put a program in place um, that focuses on his hip mobility for the next six weeks, sort of thing. If you get if you get where I'm coming yeah, from, yeah. So they have to you have to find defined areas to then pick them off. Now, one thing I'd be looking at there, you'd say obviously hip mobility. Okay, is he struggling on the imbalances on his right, uh, right or left side? Is it yeah. anterior? Is it posterior? Yeah. Is there lack of flexion in in the leg? Uh, yeah. Or can or, or is it a case of his ankle mobility is stopping his range because yeah. he can't plant his foot correctly. Yeah. Um, so there's all those different movements and you have to start looking at the planes of movement as well. 
um, yeah. is ultimately combining a sports scientist with a physio because we yeah. need the physio to be able to assess it from an yeah. anatomical point of view and then we need to look at it from a physiological point of view. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the key elements for me right now is that I'm not seeing enough coaches do this. Yeah. Uh, and it's very individualized. Do you, do you, do you have that synchroni- synchronization between the sports science and the physio side of things? Or is it very, here's the information, dump on your desk, you fix that and then come back? Or right, It is. So all of, all of the programs that we put together um, at the club, um, physios and sports science work together as a team right. and the coaches, the coaches as well. Um, each each player will have their individual learning needs um, in terms of their technical, physical um, program, and then us coaches, sports scientists, and physios together, we put that program together for for the player. At the end of the day, is we're all physios, sports science coaches, we're all accountable for that player's development um, through the academy. Um, so everything has to be strategically planned um, and put in place for that player. There's not, listen, there's not enough time for there to be um, disharmony amongst the coaches, um, sports scientists and physios. Um, because, listen, although um, the journey from under nine to the first team is a long period of time, that can go very, very, very quickly. Um, the season goes very quickly, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so everything has to work together um, in synchronization. Um, in terms of physios, sports scientists, and the coaches working together as a well, this is the thing. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the players are coming through now in the younger realms of things, and they're walking into first teams at 17, 18 years old. Exactly. So you've got fair, fair. If, if this is a fair assessment, you've got yeah. nine years. Break that down. That's you've probably got about six months of those nine years. So that's yes. fifty-four months. Yeah, you've got with a player, four yeah. months. That's twelve or that's four and a half years. Yeah, you've effectively only got four and a half years with that player out of that out of that nine ten years. Exactly, and then half what of the do. time that they're spent playing to work with them. Exactly, and then the thing is, what you have to take into consideration. <laughs> that's as well, quick math. <laughs> yeah, that was very quick math. That was very quick math. I saw. Sort of I was sort of there thinking, bloody hell, has you got a calculator open? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no hands. <laughs> really? So you're in the right industry, mate. <laughs> uh, I ask myself that all the time. But I'm running a business, aren't I? I run a business. <laughs> um, what, you've, what you've got to remember as well is that those, those players, uh, especially between the under nine and the under 16 age group, you're only getting them uh, two evenings, two evenings a week. And then obviously you're getting them on a Saturday and then a match on a Monday. So you've got two evenings a week and then you've got the training session on the Saturday. So that's, in terms of their life, that is not a long period of time. You've probably only got close to about spending about a year with them out of the total right. time. In terms of time. If, if, break, day, if you break the hours and break the time that yeah. actually takes to actually going through the program, you probably aren't, yeah, you're probably close to about a year out of nine years. Exactly. So... This is the thing, is that your dedication for the time you've got spent with that player is so, so crucial. Because yeah. if you look at the people that are playing at the top level, I can guarantee you they're probably spending 
four to five times a week. Yeah. So yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's but that's still then when you look at the the prolonged aspects of things over a uh, let's go for instance with Wayne Rooney. What's he now? Yeah. 36, 37? Yeah, around that, around that. Yeah, so he's done nearly nearly 20 years. Eight, yeah. yeah, so he's done nearly 20 years worth of playing football. And yeah. the amount of time that was spent prior to that in terms of the development aspects of it yeah. would be similar to, to what you're currently experiencing right now. And that's yeah, the thing I think a lot of people need to take away from this is that the more time spent in the physio realms of things with the, the sports scientists is yeah. so, so much more valuable than people think. Yeah, uh, no. And if anything, you, do you feel like you need to ask for more time spent with the, the players? I think we get, I think, so you can never have enough time um, with the players. Yeah. I think at the moment, I do get enough time um, to see, treat and assess the players, especially the full-time boys sort of thing, because you've got the time before training and you've got the time after training. Um, but I think what, what I do tell my players is that they have to invest in themselves also. Um, it can't just be me investing in their injury. They need to invest in their injury as well. Um, there's only so much I can do at the training ground, but they have to do their work at home as well, um, which I stress to the players, that is the most most important thing. And all the top, top, top players will be asking you, what can I do, what can I do, what can I do? Um, Whereas the players who are not um, at that level yet, they'll be asking, am I done yet? Am I done yet? Am I done yet? So that's a, a message for the players. It's like, always ask, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? So my answer might be, don't do anything today. Today is a recovery day um, for you. You don't need to do anything. Um, but I know how much a player is investing by how much they ask me and how much they ask questions about, about their injury. And having the right team around you ultimately helps that process as well. Yes, that you don't, you don't, you know, get that opportunity. Um, yeah. One question that was asked actually um, by uh, another coach, funny enough, who's, who's quite new in, new into the industry, uh, yeah. obviously understand what physios do at the, at the pro level. Um, do you think personally the standard of physio right now at the professional level is 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 good? Um, but also, have you seen it in comparison to other countries? I think the standard in this country is is very good in terms of um, what we provide um, as a service. Listen, as listen, the more money a club has, so the Premier League clubs are going to be able to provide more physios, more experienced physios. As you go down the lower leagues, um, go into non-league, obviously the experience is not going to be the same, but then at least you're getting that, that physio care sort of thing um, and I think so to speak in, in, in other countries I think some countries are not at the same level as we're at at the moment um, other European countries um, so to speak even international they're probably not at the same level that we're at over here in England um, but then different different scenarios um, have contributed um, to that so obviously we had uh, a while back the Fabrice Muamba case where he had a cardiac arrest on the pitch. Obviously that sparked something um, from FIFA, the FA, to put something in place, um, to put rules and regulations in place. I would say, again, as you go down the leagues in terms of the realms of non-league, 
the the rules and regulations aren't as tight as 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 they should be sort of thing um I think the most important thing is is the safety of of the player um forget about any novel any novel exercises that you want to want to implement um forget about all of that i think the f- first thing first is the is the safety is the safety of the player um but you do especially in the top leagues you do see the top quality work work going on um which which is which is good now, thanks very much for, for answering that question. I think it's a, it's a very long-winded question. You could probably elaborate on that a lot further. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that's just a, a basic, uh, basic evaluation of what's actually currently going on uh, in, in, in the world of physio, which I think is uh, exciting to see with all the new developments that are, that are currently happening. One other question that we were asked uh, the other day, which I, I've been waiting to ask you this question for a while, actually. Um, <laughs> but being that it's only, uh, we're only in April, okay? Yeah. Are you having much time in terms of assessments? Yeah. Are you able to do them as effectively online now? Or yeah. do you see there being a lot more external physios being able to conduct assessments effectively? So is that... Are you talking about amidst all of this COVID nineteen crisis, or are you talking about in general? I'm talking about it right now that we're currently experiencing a transition. Yeah, so physios uh, with an osteopaths that I'm seeing on social media are, yeah. are actually trying to sell their services. Yeah. Um, I personally, my my view on it right now is I don't think that you can give a clear evaluation and an assessment via looking at someone through a screen. Uh, yeah. what's, your, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it, it is difficult. It is difficult to, like, how do you test out if someone's torn their ACL through a screen? It's, it's, it's not possible. You can't, you can't do it through, through the screen. You can say, all right, cool. You can say meniscals, you might, meniscal testing, you might be able to see someone do a Thessalys um, over a screen, um, which might indicate, all right, cool, they might have some meniscal damage. Um, but it is, it is, it is difficult and will be difficult. Listen, it's not going to be um, the greatest assessment, um, but you can only do the best of what you can do with the with the circumstances. I think, in terms of, I'm not I'm not seeing any of my players go elsewhere in terms of rehabbing treatment, in terms of um, other external maybe physios um, trying to sell them their stuff online. Um, the reason being is because I have a rapport with my players um obviously listen I can't stop them from doing it um but when you have a rapport with your players when you know your players as a person um first and you know their injury and you know the experiences that 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 helps that helps a lot sort of thing um and it means they can trust you if they can trust you in the clinic then they can trust you online over over a video there's another thing as well that, that I would say that would be a part of it. That wouldn't they have a contractual obligation to, to only work with the the club support staff, or is that not something that's enforced at uh, academy? Oh, so you, you see, you see all the time um, players go to external physios all, all the time. I would say you probably see it more in non-league clubs than you see it in. Um, in league clubs, sort of thing. Listen, yeah. anyone is able to go to anyone in terms of in terms of treatment, as long as as long as the club knows that they're going 
elsewhere for um for treatment sort of thing but in general yeah exactly in general because what you don't want is one physio saying one thing and then your club physio saying another thing sort of thing um but as long as the club is aware of it um then then that's fine but you would probably find that more in non-league clubs than you do find it in in professional clubs i would say yeah okay uh Thank you for that. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to to, to bring up uh, was in terms of people right now, we're going through this transition period, obviously with the, the, the COVID-19 at the moment. What three things would you urge people to, to take extra care of? Uh, in terms of uh, your players, what would you urge them to do? Uh, but also for people listening to this right now, what would you urge them to do in terms of looking after themselves? Yeah. So one thing that I would urge them to do Number one, if you are to leave your house to do exercise, make sure when you come back in, you're washing your hands for a minimum of 20 seconds. Um, number two, I would say eat eat healthy um, whilst you're at home. Um, this goes for anyone in general, whether you're a sports person or um, you're uh, part of the general public. Eat healthy because that has a lot to do with your, your mental health Um Three, do go for exercising. Do exercise um, because that will help. Um, and a fourth one, which is kind of a third one as well. <laughs> Whilst you're exercising, keep keep your social distance. Keep your social distancing you know, from people. So that's that's four. I gave you one for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send me the invoice. <laughs> uh, and in terms of the the next three to six months, what what do you see happening in terms of your club and uh, and where? where you see the developments coming from? Because I know that it's going to change significantly for you. You're already experiencing it. But um, where, where, where can we see things? Well, the, the, the Premier League released a statement today to say that they will only be returning when it's safe to do so. Um, the last two times where they've made an announcement, they've given a specific date as in football's going to return on this date and then, then they moved it, football's going to return on this date. Um, and now they've extended it to say football would only return um, when things are safe. And that brings about loads of, loads of argument. Um, loads of managers will say, let's, let's finish the league. Um, others will say, all right, cool. What if we can only safely return in November? What does that happen for the next season's, next season's league? What does that happen? What does that mean for Europe sort of thing? Um, and these these questions and these questions and discussions are going to be ongoing um, throughout the next the next few months. I think what the most important thing is that people are staying healthy, um, staying at home, and doing what what the government what the government advise um, in terms of football in general. Um, listen, it is a sad time for football because a lot of people do watch football. A lot of people do watch football. Um, and that's their get away from the day-to-day sort of jobs. Um, one thing I can say is that I do miss football. It is a busy time and I do miss football um, <laughs> a lot. I do miss football a lot and I, I'm sure the boys will say the same thing, sort of thing. Um, but the most important thing at the moment is the health of the health of everyone and then just hoping and praying that everyone comes back to football in, in good health um, and then we can start start going again. Personally, I do want to see the leagues um, finished. I do want to see the leagues um, finished, all of the leagues finished. Um, 
even though I'm an Arsenal fan. <laughs> I was going to say, well, <laughs> even though I am an Arsenal fan, I do want to see the see the league finished. Um, and I think Liverpool do deserve deserve to win the title, even though I'm an Arsenal fan. <laughs> bold, bold statement, bold statement there. Um, but yeah, we saw we saw that in the RFU as well from from a rugby perspective as well. Is that they released a statement that the leagues will finish how they are, uh, and they they will resume uh, in the autumn time. Obviously, pending obviously the safety of the players. Uh, I'm I myself uh, I'm a Saracens fan. Yeah. Uh, so it was actually for us to be relegated anyway uh, on the salary cap issues uh, was anyway a reduction of. Uh, Heart, heartfelt pain. Um, yeah. So the, the reckoning could finish sooner yeah. <laughs> rather than later. But it's so an interesting that, time. Yep. So is that the league? So they've so the league this season, everyone finishes where they they finish and then yep. a new season starts in August? Uh, well, they haven't fully confirmed that, so I, I can't answer on that. But the, what they've yep. said is that the, um, we've had all courses suspended. Yeah. Uh, and uh, anything course-related was suspended and all clubs were to send out notifications to their, to their players and obviously what the circumstances oh, were. Right, no, Each club's been obviously preparing their own, their own processes. Uh, but like, obviously, the same as football, I think everyone in the world of sport right now is, is suffering, uh, yeah. but not to an extent of where they're going to cancel the whole sports and everything's going to go down the pan. We might see clubs having to go into administration due to the funding. But yeah. I think that that's a bigger talking point for people that are way above our pay grade. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting to see what actually happens with the bigger clubs. Yeah. Uh, but look, Josh, um, thanks very much for your time today. No problem. And, uh, it. It's been absolutely fantastic having you uh, on, on the show today. And uh, I'm sure we can look forward to, to having you back on in, in the future if, uh, yeah. if you've got some spare time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Well, look, have a great day and uh, we'll speak to you soon. All right, cheers. Thank you.